With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Bowles, site manager, emperor, supreme warlord, and defender of the faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And the commissioner is out commissioning tonight, apparently. Uh, so joining me uh, for just a, a, a tag team event tonight is the chief inspector, Brendan McAlinden. What's up, Brendan? Joshua, I have never been more pleased in my life to be as wrong as I was. We're going to get I, to that. We're, I'm going to uh, break you on the just, goals. We, we will, yeah, I we deserve will get it. to the hat eating. We'll get to the hat eating. Because you, my friend, uh, were just jokes. It was, it was, it was, you didn't even take it seriously. It was just jokes to you. No. What no. am I, a joke to you? What, uh, I, I jokes. will, uh, Mia Copo, I will, uh, I will, uh, take all of it. Yeah, it was. We we definitely got some great news. We hey, this is gonna be a fun pod. We got some, we got a whole bunch of fun news, uh, in this podcast. Which, Brendan, I gotta tell you, I fucking need. Do you have any idea what has happened to me since the last time we, <laughs> we podcasted? Uh, I know some of it. I know. Uh, I know you had a pool emergency. Let, let me let me just break this down for you. So we win. We win this huge little league game. Uh, <laughs> Us and the us and the other team were were tied for first first in the league. We win it convincingly. We're pumped. We go into uh, into, into a games on Monday, Tuesday, and just absolutely shit the bed against a couple teams we should have just rocked. Uh, but I had a fist fight 
in, <laughs> in oh, my no. dugout. Had a fist fight in my dugout. Had uh, had parents texting me saying there's a bully on the team. Uh, I, I just had all of a sudden like it was all good vibes, and then we went out on Monday night and it was just shit show. And then from there it was like nonstop for two days with, with this team. Not only that, but then Wednesday, uh, so we had we had lost those games on Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday, my son Ryan takes a ball to the fucking eye. I thought he was going to lose his fucking eyeball. It is rough. Uh, but didn't lose an eyeball. It's just nasty as hell. And uh, so he missed the game Thursday, which we run ruled the team. We fucking, we we're, we're back in style. We're back in business. Uh, and we're back to, to taking control and finishing out the regular season on top. But wow. And that's just little league. In between there, I had my Subway Domer garage sale, which was going swimmingly well. Our dishwasher broke. So as I counted our money from our garage sale, my we were just closing shop. I'm chuckling to my wife about, about hey, you know, we got the we got the dishwasher and you know a few other things covered, no problem, blah, blah, blah. Ha 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 ha. And then I heard a fucking boat wreck in the backyard. A goddamn boat wreck. Inland in Hicksville, a boat wreck. My pool just fucking exploded. 16,000 gallons of water mm. gone in four seconds. Ripped our giant uh, steps. Uh, we got a bit huge step system that goes down in the, into the pool. Ripped that off my deck. That went flying. That must have went flying through. So went up and just smashed through the neighbor's fence. The neighbor, by the way, the ones that were suing me about a fence uh, just a few months ago smashed up their garage that they just painted uh, literally a few days before uh, while I had a, a huge, we had a party for Ryan and there was like 12, 13 boys uh, out there, you know, partying and swimming and all that stuff. It was fucking nuts. All the new mulch washed away. I mean, the, the neighbor's garage got filled with water. It, it was absolutely insane nuts. Uh, and so I, <laughs> and then tonight, find out I got broken tie rod on, on my rear, on my rear tire. I, I'm putting together a bike rack, uh, and and out out there on the pilot, and putting that on. I'm like, man, that tire looks a little little funky. I'm like, funky. I'm like, shit, that thing is angled. And so, sure enough, I got a broken tie rod back there. Didn't know where the hell that happened. My wife and daughter were were out at the mall spending all ungodly <laughs> amounts of money today. Doing donuts. I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, dude, I am. I I am at my wits fucking end. I'm like my absolute wits end. So I am poolless as this heat wave is about to hit us. Dude, 90, um, 95, 99, all uh, yeah, all middle yeah. of the week. Yeah, yeah. Tuesday, we, Tuesday we have a little league game. My kids are gonna die. I'm sure. Um, yeah. Now I'm poolless. My wife's talking about in ground pools. Like, where do you think this money's coming from? Um. <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck? Like I cannot win, dude. I literally cannot win. The only thing I have to vicariously win through is Notre Dame football recruiting and Notre Dame baseball, and that's what we are here to talk about tonight. My God, I'm spent, Brendan. I am literally spent. Like in all ways, well, spent my bank account, spent physically, spent emotionally. <laughs> I am fucking spent. <laughs> 
Well, at least you don't have to water the yard uh, for for a few days, right? Listen, I, I today I mowed it for the first time since like May twenty eighth. No shit, I've been depressed. I I don't I didn't want to be outside. We took that we tore down the rest of the pool because honestly, I thought, well, I could just I could just find these pieces. Uh, this you know the skeleton part of the system. I, I get some new pieces of that. I get me a new aluminum roll for that, and you know the, have to get a new liner. No, blah blah blah. You know I get pieces together pretty cheap. Hell, we might be able to do, just put this in, uh, get this done here before the summer's out. My wife doesn't want anything to do with that. We're gonna reset and and get something different um, this spring. So, but I've been depressed. I don't want to be outside. I don't want to see this giant hole that Bo loves so much. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just great that nobody was in there. Like it could have been kids in there, that would have been bad. But you know, Bo gets in that thing by himself all the time. Like he just goes and he throws his ball in by himself, and then he jumps in and gets it, comes out, hangs out the steps. So Bo could have went surfing in a tsunami, and <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, anyways, that's. Now that I just get, now that I got my pity party out of the way, let's uh, let's dive into some of the the good news that has. Yeah, where do you want to start tonight? How about so, a review? Ooh, that's a good place to start. Yeah, yeah i I could use I could use some good news and just a reminder everybody get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. Any review that you do leave, I will read on the next OFT podcast. And Berta, what kind of what kind of reviews are we looking for? What kind of rating uh, are we looking for? Uh, we are looking for those earned Julian Love five stars. Jude's ah, not here, well, so I, I feel like we can we can go back to the 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 earned Julian Love five star. Ah, well, I got something even different. I got some. I got something for maybe this is a Brian Kelly style. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure, um, but I got we got five stars here from Clashmore Mike 2022. It says earned five star rating. This show gets an Avery Davis earned five star. Ooh. When can we expect home field to th- come out with their Catholics versus convicts throwbacks? Go Irish. Uh, that shirt will never be done by home field because it's already been done. That's like, that's not going to happen. Um, but I do appreciate their new baseball shirt because it's a throwback to the 2002. I know some people on this podcast aren't, <laughs> don't like it as much. Uh, Coles got thrown out uh, a few times. I wish it was white. That's all I'll say. What? Well, there's still going to be a home field ad read so we can critique it here. I do wish the shirt was white. So it would actually match up with the Jersey. Yeah. You know, it's when they, when they beat Florida state, but yeah, I like it for what it is. They did the baseball shirts, which is mostly just script tees and all that. So yeah. Matching the front of the baseball unis. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Like I saw, like I said, I wish it was white. Um, but anyways, so, but I wouldn't expect the Catholics versus convicts. I wouldn't expect a classless, uh, versus Catholic shirt either. Uh, somehow that was a Tennessee shirt. I mean, God, they really, really do dive into that. So, but thank you very much for that five star uh, review. Appreciate it. Just everyone needs to go out and do it. Like we said, get your wife's phone, get your, get your girlfriend's phone, get your kid's phone, get your mom's phone, grab your neighbor's phone, grab your neighbor's wife's phone. Uh, <laughs> You know, do what Add you got to do and become part of the show because yes. we'll we'll go into we'll go into detail with whatever kind of questions you have. It's almost a little bit like a 
every every review is sort of like a mailbag episode. Kind of. I mean, and some and sometimes these things like take over an episode. Yeah. Like sometimes we don't get out of reviews for like 20, 30 fucking minutes. And, and it sets the tone for the rest of the podcast in some cases. It's done it before. Oh, yeah. And it's it's gotten spicy from the reviews. So hit I mean, up. you get Jude on. You get Jude on here. Get us us three together. Some of those reviews, they, they go a little sideways with uh, with our opinions. So, it, it, you know, Jude and I are, are we're not vindictive towards each other in our opinions in any, <laughs> in any way, shape or form. <laughs> we won't throw it back at each other's faces uh, left and right. So. <laughs> All right. Well, Brendan, let's let's get into what I try to shush you about right off the bat. What what happened? What what? So what's ha- happened this week? So this week, uh, for the first time since uh, Dane Christ in two thousand and eight, two thousand seven, two thousand seven recruiting class, Notre Dame got themselves a five star quarterback, right? Christmas, Dante Christmas Moore recruit. Wait, what? Wait, what? I'm hearing something. It wasn't Dante Moore. No. Oh no no. Oh, it wasn't. Uh, it was the guy that I was almost uh, emphatically assured was not just going down to the road from you at Notre Dame. Uh, Celine's very own CJ Carr, the grandson of legendary Michigan head football coach Lloyd Carr, committed national to the University half of National Championship winning, half national championship winning head coach. So the, the only coach, half national championship they've had since the 1940s, in fact. <laughs> when they won their last half national championship in 1946, I think it was they won their last half title. That was also a split title because that's how that's how they do in Ann Arbor. That's how they do, that's how they roll. They share. They're very they're very sharing uh, in there in Ann Arbor. Obviously, they share their they're, titles. Uh, they, share, their they, share the, they share their they share their legacies. Their national titles are very cuckolded. They are more than willing to share. <laughs> so, like. Greg said, my fucking do we need Dante Moore article couldn't have hit. I could have had a hit a bigger bomb if I was Jack Ziska. You know what I'm saying? Or Brannigan. I mean, that I was on point. I was a, uh, those are profit words, uh, you know, anointed by God to, to say what I said. And see, because CJ Carr was part of my thought process now. He was more of an example that I was giving than, uh, and and Brendan was all over like that's not happening. Julian saying or <laughs> kept saying say, kept saying saying, yeah, just saying just saying. But I I was wrong. Um, but, the art, but the but the articles I mean the that article that I wrote is feels absolutely right. We if you get CJ Carr, your need for Dante Moore diminishes greatly. Yeah. Now, you know, the 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 elephant in the room kind of whatever it is, is, you know, does CJ Carr classify to 2023? We'll talk about that here in a few, I, you know, and if that's the case, you know, more definitely is it. And then there's people who say, well, he's not going to. He's 2024 and Dante Moore is still in play. Maybe that's the case. I don't know. I could you imagine, you know, getting more of this cycle and keeping Carr for the next cycle? Uh, that seems a little Little You're, sunshine and rainbows, but we're dealing with Marcus Freeman, the best 
best dressed, best looking coach in America. Well, uh, yes, big game sooner or big game booner. Um, yeah. <clears throat> who's ranked at number five? Uh, to Jude Chagrin, who I imagine just lives and dies off of those uh, listicles and uh, I, ratings. Jude won't listen to the podcast because he doesn't like the sound of his own voice. But I guarantee he listens to to this one because it's just us. And right then he just screamed. He just yeah. fucking screamed at, at you for even mentioning that name, that Twitter account, and the and him in the same breath. And do yourself a favor because I'm I'm also I'm on Team Jude for that because I think his his uh, uh, rankings and stuff is his his shtick is terrible and I hate it. Please don't retweet it anymore. Um, not just for Jude's sake, but just stop giving that fire air. Uh, he makes bad lists. And he wants he makes bad lists on purpose, and he wants you to retweet, quote tweet his his uh, his list, and that's his shtick, and it's a bad shtick, and I hate it. Uh, so stop doing it. He's Good. a product of he's a product of COVID. When yes. people had too much time on their hands, and they needed they needed lists and and things to discuss. And, and it's like Stu the Man, shock jock uh, drive time radio of of Twitter. And it's Stu Mandel's fault for saying, oh, oh my, look at these. Look, yeah. look at all these colors on one page. Yes. He of uh, quadrant one or tier one uh, NC state. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck man. It feels good to get CJ Carr. It I does mean, it, because it, it, I didn't think it was going to happen. And that always feels good, but getting a five-star quarterback, um, this is uncharted territory. It's so, I mean, I, I guess we got Gunnar Keel, I guess. Right. Um, I mean, does he count? No, I mean, nobody, how is he a five? Listen, when, when the five-star quarterback is around and everyone's saying, well, he, he's probably overrated. Like, then how was he a five-star quarterback? I, how I, is Gunnar Keel? Who signed off on that continuously? I'm, I'm not sure. He wasn't. It, it, I guess I would have to go back and look at what the class looked like for Gunnar Keel. And maybe it was just a class where like, well, we need to have a five-star quarterback this class and Gunnar Keel has the chest. <laughs> he was the 26th ranked player in that class. Number one overall quarterback. Just unbelievable. But um, other than that, you know, other than Gunner in his in his chest, um, it's just not something that we're used to. Um, and I want to get into uh, some of what that means because I think we're starting to see it. Uh, but yeah, let me let me let me tell you why he was the number one ranked quarterback. Um, Gunner Keel was the number one. Zach Klein was the number two who committed to Cal. Tanner Magnum. Uh, Mangum committed to BYU. Connor Brewer committed to Texas. He was the number four. Chad Vodiak committed to of Pitt fame. Um, Bart Houston, Jake Rodriguez, Grayson Lambert, Jeff Lundquist, Travis Wilson. I mean, these are not very good quarterbacks, right? I mean, have have I named anyone who did anything ever at any point? No, <laughs> it is just. It is a list of just what? I mean, you lose it. What? 
there's guys on the list that I know, like Nate Sudfield's on there at 23. Right. And, uh, Sean McGuire, uh, number 26, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, what else do we have here? Uh, Nathan Peter Peterman, uh, he's on there. Wes Lerner. Hell, hell yeah. How do you put Peterman up like 15 slots? You know, I'm looking at the list, and Peterman's probably the best of the bunch. <laughs> and I don't think that that's absurd to say. Peterman is unequivocally the best quarterback of the 2012 recruiting class. <laughs> take a bow, uh, take a lap. Congratulations, ten-year uh, NFL bet. That's amazing. Nathan Peterman. I mean the <clears throat> the pictures of Lloyd Carr, you know, wearing a Notre Dame hat. I mean, everything just so was just so surreal i mean it was just it was it was hard to imagine beforehand and as it was happening and listen when when cj committed he fucking that was like the quick he did not fuck around no it was you know went to him and he's like we're a michigan family and then just unzips this thing and says but i'm going to Notre Dame." like he, he was not playing fuck around and uh, the Irish Players Club put out a tweet before he committed that he would that CJ Carr was going to be on the on the on their show, right? <laughs> right. And people were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! You're you're stealing the kid's moment." And they responded back, and they were like, "Yeah, we talked to him. He said he didn't care." Which, like, so there's a there's a, a lot of different ways to tackle this one, but one of the um, you know why he committed to certainly an angle. But one of the things I want to touch on for him is um, this kid is a fucking alpha. He doesn't care, right? He doesn't care that his family is Michigan royalty. Doesn't care. Came to Notre Dame. Didn't make a big deal. He's he's a five star quarterback, and he didn't want to make a big deal out of his commitment. And are you saying he didn't didn't he didn't all of a sudden get a sick grandma? He did not get a sick grandma, which uh, by having his commitment spoiled, Um, which would have been Lloyd's wife, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, he he didn't care about making pomp and circumstance surrounding the commitment. And the thing that he said that he wanted to do and the reason why he was pulling the trigger is because he immediately wants to hit the ground running in recruiting not only the 2024 class but also the 2023 class. He is committing to Notre Dame to recruit for the school that he commits to, which, hey, novel concept, other five-star quarterbacks, sign with a school and help bring more players to your school because when they see you there, they're going to want to play with you. And it's going to help you long term rather than, I don't know, waiting around till the fall and uh, not helping to build your class. And having this this quarterback who is going to be the face, even if he doesn't reclassify, he's going to be the face of this Notre Dame recruiting for the next two years, potentially. Yeah, there's a reason there's a reason why over the years, like I, I would say, especially like especially since early signing period, but even before that, where, I mean, it it used to be like these big name quarterbacks did wait quite a while. And then it it eventually evolved into these guys committing sooner and sooner to, to do the job of basically assistant coach recruiting. And that's just the way it's been. Your top guys are normally, you know, 
out there, you know, they want to get this this done so they can get out there and make their lives easier. The guys who wait are usually like defensive tackles because no one gives a shit. No one else is committed to school. Nobody's (laughs) coming. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, like take, take the Arch Manning situation, right? Which is an entirely different situation because that fit, what that families went through and all that they've even, they said from the jump that they were going to do a, basically an old school recruiting timeline, right? Like they, they, they weren't buying into any of the, of the new age, like recruiting timeline of how they're right. going to handle, handle things. So he's also going to go to a school that doesn't need that sort of bump. Right. Which I think, I think right. Notre Dame, especially at the wide receiver position needs need to bump. have that bump. And from, from what, what I can tell, um, it sounds like it's a it's a package deal uh, with Cam Williams because um, all signs are pointing towards uh, good things for 2024 uh, four star receiver Cam Williams, who was a Michigan lean. And then, you know, it's 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 looking pretty good there. Um, and he's going to take a look at who they have on their board for receivers and he's going to start getting into some ears. Running backs, offensive linemen, the, the, and this this is his words. He's going to start getting out there to get offensive linemen, to get running backs. He's going to be act. Yeah, so he he's going to be banging down the door, and this is his words that he is going to be um, actively recruiting running backs. He's going to be actively recruiting offensive linemen. That's something he brought up. Uh, obviously, the wide receivers one's a big one because Notre Dame. That's that's a position that they've had some some issue um, attracting and maintaining. Uh, you know, high end wide receiving talent to, to South Bend. And last I checked, CJ Carr isn't going to have any recruiting dead periods, right? <laughs> he can call these guys uh, anytime he wants. In right. The years of right. He's going to be showing up to these camps. Uh, he's going to be um, doing a lot of the, the things that Notre Dame hasn't had, and that's that's a quarterback who is going to be the face of the program. And hey, come play with me. And this is an immeasurable boon to Marcus Freeman and Tommy Reese in getting kids to to sign up to play for Notre Dame. And it's something we're not used to. And this is un un um, untreaded territory. Uh, for for what this is going to look like and what this is, and I cannot I cannot emphasize enough how big this is that this kid is just he's he's just an absolute alpha. Yeah, you know, and the 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 Cam Williams thing too, like continuing to cut out the heart of Michigan is right. a I mean, it's just it's not even a bonus. It's like it, it is what you should be doing. Like if we can't play them until 2023 or 2033 or whatever the fuck it is, then continually like dominating them on the recruiting trail. All you have to do is just go look at the recruiting tab uh, on one foot down uh, and see all the players in Michigan uniforms uh, that have committed to Notre Dame <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to know exactly what Notre Dame has been doing to them. And it's, it's a beat down to the proportion of their fans on their message boards. Uh, basically conceded. I mean, pretty much conceded. Now they feel pretty good about Dante Moore, but I mean, from the sounds of it, Oregon feels even more confident about Dante they Moore, sure do. which would still feel like a win for Notre Dame. Like 
like getting CJ Carr, and if you don't get, you know, and say CJ Carr doesn't reclassify, he comes in 2024, but just getting Dante Moore, Dante Moore committing, you know, somewhere else other than Michigan feels like another win. You know what I mean? Like it, it still feels like, a, you know, maybe, maybe it's a moral victory, whatever you want to call it, but he didn't go to Michigan, which would be, <laughs> which just is not, a, that. Yeah. They're, and they're in on Jaden Davis. So, and you know, they, I think they sit pretty well for, for him. Um, uh, Michigan does, but you know, your in-state talent, the guys that you've been recruiting for, you know, since eighth grade are like, no, no, thank you. Uh, are fantastic. I mean, Dante Moore got a, got a scholarship offer in eighth grade. CJ Carr had a scholarship offer on the night of his conception. I mean, it's like, these are guys that, uh, that should be in Ann Arbor and they are not. And that's just, that's a massive win. And Cam Williams, the guy that was leaning towards Michigan now, you know, looking better for Notre Dame because of Carr's decision, like you said, and the fact that Carr's going to be on him, you know, so he wants his weapons coming with him. He's going to be on him. This it's all feels like a, just a, a massive win for Notre Dame and a massive loss for Michigan, which is the perfect time to make a toast. And toast to that. Uh, Cheers. Um, So they're having a rough one for sure. Uh, You know, I live in the area um, and I had to just lather up in the schadenfreude of uh, local sports talk radio and hearing people around the area. And just there's there's basically two consensuses um, among the Michigan faithful, and both of them are just absolutely delectable uh, to to sample on. The first of which is there is a growing number of their fans that are worried, concerned, and upset at the terrible job that the the staff has done recruiting this class, recruiting next class, and recruiting in general. Um, they're almost waving a white flag that just we're getting beaten by everybody around us, and it does not look like things are going to improve. The other angle of it is, um, well, CJ Carr didn't want to come to to Michigan anyway, and we have other quarterbacks we're more interested in, and we're, we're not recruiting him. And uh, he said that he wanted to to play um, away from his family, and he he, he wasn't going to come to Michigan anyway. To to which that particular aspect of it, I call bullshit. Because um, he lives in Michigan football. He has all of the connections. He has everything here. And this is this is part of the reason why I didn't think that he would commit to Notre Dame, that he was always going to end up at Michigan eventually, because at some point he was always just, they were just going to be like, yeah, well, you know, you're, you're coming to Michigan, right? And, and that's always what I believed. But the more that I listened to, to them talk the more it dawned on me that um, he doesn't want to play for Jim Harbaugh. That's yeah. That's the long and short of it. That he seems does to be not. A theme. He does not want to play for Jim Harbaugh, and he would know because he is camping at Michigan. He he plays his he he plays games um, you know against Pioneer right right across the stadium. Um, you know, his father or his, his uh, grandfather, obviously, uh, Michigan connections. He's been recruited by this staff. Jim Harbaugh has been there since 2016. Jim Harbaugh is basically the coach that he knows of 
as the Michigan head coach. Basically, his two coaches of his lifetime are Brady Hoke and Jim Harbaugh. He's th- that's basically been who who in his lifetime, in his 17 years, uh, that he has had as his head coach of of you know Michigan has been those two guys. And Jim Harbaugh has been the guy who's been there for most of his cognitive life. So if anyone has an, a pulse on Jim Harbaugh and what that program is all about, it is C.J. Carr. There is nothing more damning to that program than the fact that C.J. Carr, knowing all of the intricacies, knowing all of the ins and outs, being embedded in that program, knowing it, having camped there, having been around the program, and still saying no, committing this early – and leaving himself no out to come back by saying that he's going to be the lead recruiter for Notre Dame. That's the big thing about this is he, he's putting himself out there. He can't just decommit from Notre Dame after he sits there and, and recruits for ND. I mean, your your cards in the center of the table when you become the face of uh, of a recruiting class. He's not going to be a silent, um, you know, not a silent commit, but a silent commitment. He's not going to be a guy that's just passively committed. He's going to be actively committed. He is he is committed to this program. And he did all of that in the face of Michigan. And even though he said, you know, I wanted to get out of the area. Well, why do you want to get out of the area? Because you know what the Michigan program and what Jim Harbaugh is going to do with you as a quarterback, which is hand the ball 30 times, hand the ball off 30 times, stunt your growth and basically make you undraftable. I mean, Shea Patterson came over as a five-star, and where's Shea Patterson now? I mean, Shea Patterson had some pedigree. And Just losing games in the XFL. Losing games in the XFL. I he mean, was Jim the Harbaugh number one overall pick in the XFL draft, though. Is a quarterback pariah. They brought him in to be this quarterback whisperer because of what he did with Colin Kaepernick and Alex Smith. But Andy Reid was Alex Smith, and probably Greg Roman uh, was was Colin Kaepernick. Probably. Jim Harbaugh is fool's gold, and he is a quarterback killer. He's not a quarterback whisperer. He is a quarterback killer. Who is your favorite, um, you know, developed? Andrew, Andrew yeah, Luck? Andrew Luck, I guess, right? I mean, it just, it doesn't make, to me, I mean, I, I understand the, uh, the Kaepernick and Alex Smith stuff, but like, it still doesn't make sense. Like, and in, in a lot of ways, Jim Harbaugh mirrors Brian Kelly where Notre Dame really, we really thought when we got Brian Kelly, right? Like we were getting this quarterback guru, right? Right. Like this guy who just made quarterbacks like incredibly uh, better. Um, And, you know, it just, it never, I mean, he got more out of some, like, you know, we got probably the most out of Tommy Reese that anybody in the country is going to get. Right. Uh, But that's, it just, but it's just like, can't you get, more out of someone who has more t- talent, right? Did you, did but you I get guess that? if we look in hindsight with the, with the lens of hindsight, we got exactly what Brian Kelly showed us at Cincinnati, right? He showed us a well, guy you, who had to well, use, you and I talked about that, right? Yeah. Multiple quarterbacks. Like, we, in order we know, to get the job like done. Brian Kelly as a recruiter is still, I mean, probably as much to this day still recruits like he's at central Michigan. Yeah. Or Grand in, Valley. His, in his style of, of kind of a, which is a very kind of like weight bat, like weight kick back and see not very aggressive. Like his style is very mid-major. Uh, 
he showed that. I mean, you can connect the dots, and Brendan and I have already done it before, and and I think we come to agreement that that's the case. It's it, at, at Central Michigan, and even at Cincinnati when he was there, it is very wait and see basically about where talent is going and not going for you to kind of jump on that a little bit uh, and then you know get them to go. It's it's not really going after your top guys. That's, that's what makes Marcus Freeman's you know first you know, seven, eight months on the job recruiting so extraordinary. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, you can do this at Notre Dame. It wasn't a question of, it really wasn't a question of if it is, you know, can you, and he is, will you? Yeah. It wasn't will. a question of if it yeah. was a question of will. You're right. Right. That's what I was getting at. So getting car, like you're now you are set up. So let's, let's talk about, the whole reclassifying thing. So if you're unfamiliar with, with the situation, which there's no way that you're not, because <laughs> this podcast is way later than the, than the actual commitment. We meant to have the uh, Friday night, but anyways, uh, Carr took a, took two mission trips. I believe two mission trips after his eighth grade year. And basically, you know, it's mom and dad holding you back for a year, um, which goes on all over the country. Um, you know, you kind of like, yeah, you know, you want your kid to be athletically developed uh, more going through. Maybe that wasn't the case, but two mission trips, they're not Mormon uh, or anything like that. But uh, he went to Haiti and I can't remember the others. Yeah. He did the he Tim went. Tebow. He did the Tim Tebow. Yeah. yeah. So he's a good kid. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and listen, you take trips like that, that young age is very impressionable. Like you realize you are blessed. You don't need to, you know, you've you've seen that, you, that you're living a blessed life. Um, so, you know, maybe you're 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 a little more appreciative of the things that you have rather than just think that everything's given to you. Uh, but, you know, so he's an older he's an older player. He's two days younger than Dante Moore, according to Greg. Right. And so because he you know took that gap year, basically, he did classes. And those classes, he took classes. Those classes actually bumped him, may, put him far ahead. So he's ahead of where he should be at academically. And the issue with Notre Dame and reclassification, just just to let you know, is Notre Dame is not Ohio State. Uh, Sunny Styles, uh, still love you, buddy. Um, I wish for you every day. It is not it is not an easy task for you to skip your senior year and still be academically. Um, eligible according to Notre Dame's admission standards. You have to have a certain number of core classes. It's, and when we talk about Notre Dame and academics, and I've said this many times in this podcast, many times it has nothing to do with their GPA or their grades at all. And it has nothing and rarely has anything to do with how quote unquote smart they are. It has a lot to do with, did they take the required courses to get into Notre Dame? That is the big sticky. That is the biggest sticking point. Um, for Notre Dame admissions. So with Carr, it's just a question of, does he have all his classes? And there seems to be like, yeah, he does. So it's kind of a decision that he can make. Now, we've heard that he could reclassify, but doesn't want to, but hasn't made that decision yet. Just kind of like wishy-washy stuff. So there's still a, there is still a chance that he would reclassify and join Notre Dame in in 2023. 
still there's still that chance out there. Now he wouldn't be able to early enroll by any no. imagination. Right. No, he'd need every minute of that. That right, but he would, but he would be there in 2023 to, you know, to learn the system, to be there, and then you ha- then have his spring. It's just getting a head start, one way or another. CJ Carr is going to be at Notre Dame uh, in January of 2024. Right. So. But his age makes a big difference because when you start th- when we start talking about and I talked about this, you know, just kind of like the 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 timeline of what Notre Dame's going to have quarterback wise throughout the next four four years, you know, I'm kind of banking on Tyler Buckner being what we thought he was, right? We're all excited about CJ Carr, but we were all excited about Tyler Buckner, and you know yep. what? He had a pretty good freshman year. He, I mean, he really did. I mean, he he did really well as a freshman in the spots he put in. And there was many of us that were screaming for him to have a little bit more playing time. So he did pretty, so and by all accounts, he had a good spring and then he fell down some stairs. Uh, so, and he missed, he, and he didn't, to be, to be fair, he fell down some stairs before the exhibition game, the, the blue gold game. Uh, but he got every rep of the spring Every rep of spring practice. Yes, and the more importantly, their their big scrimmage, which was actually the the real game. Yeah, before um, that. that they had, you know, the, the spring game was play. just a, they had like a ninety six play scrimmage. Yeah, yeah. And so, by all accounts, he impressed. Was it was? I mean, I I still don't understand the nonsense about just not saying he's the starter and uh, and all that. But it is what it is. It's college football. <laughs> No matter how different Marcus Freeman might be, he's still a college football coach. They they love this shit. Uh, but you know, what if he balls out? What if he balls out? What if he's a baller? What if what if Notre Dame just just fucking misses the uh, you know winning the national championship in 2023? You know, and he and he decided Buckner decides to come back. Or wait, how's that work? No, he'll have to come. He'll have to come back in twenty four. Yeah, right. The, the the point was like, can or will Tyler Buckner finish out his eligibility? Right. Will he exhaust? Which his would eligibility? be the twenty? Would his eligibility? Because last 20, year he was a yeah he was a frosh. So he would have to play twenty three. Yes, he have to play twenty three. But but if he plays twenty four, we're we're sitting pretty right. Let's just say Tyler Buckner balls out and he, he's like, man, I'm coming back for my senior year. I want to win a national championship. I want to win a Heisman. Now you're sitting like gold, right? You're, it's gold because you don't have to rely on a on a true freshman um, at quarterback. That's the biggest scare. That was the biggest scare for 2023 recruiting. Like that was why not why everyone was so enamored with Dante Moore. Um, that's because, you know, a five star that was leaning towards Notre Dame. So Notre Dame fans were just fucking gobbling over it. Plus, it fits the timeline of how you want to bring quarterbacks through. Right. So it was just it, it was extremely important to get Carr. Whether or not he reclassifies, I'm not sure. If I it's think it's as important. I think it's moot. Yeah, I don't think it's as important. It will make a difference. Uh, it will make a difference one way or another. But it's also it's like we don't need him to. It's one thing that we talk about in our DMS a lot is like name us the, the reclassified guys that, that have really done well. JT Daniels doing great. Kicking uh, into Morgantown. 
Quinn Ewers, right? The kid that went to Ohio State, he reclassified. Reclassified. Maybe yeah. made a couple bucks. He's to Texas now, right? He's yeah. Transferred. Um, yeah, the, who else? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it just, it's, it's not common. I mean, it, it is, I know a lot of people thought that reclassifying was going to become as common as early enrolling, but it is, that is an entire, an entire year is totally different than, a, than one semester. And like, I think a large part of it too. It's a whole is, semester. <laughs> it's the age thing and whether or not your body's developed enough for it. Um, well, also, are you mature enough? Right. I mean, the maturity to um, can you be a college freshman when you should be a, a high school senior. Right. When you you're going to be in you're going to be in tough classes, especially at Notre Dame. Um, yeah. You're going to be in tough classes. Um, the weight of responsibility of can can you become the face of a of a program like that? Yeah, and pressure. If he reclassifies, he's he's going to reclassify and there's going to. Unless something happens to Buckner, injury-wise, there's going to be no expectations that whoever – like the one thing for Dante Moore would be that, um, you know, does he want – since he it's not a reclassify issue for him, um, does he want to even sit a season and wait behind a guy? Which you're going to be – you're going to be sitting behind Buckner in 23. Yes. Unless, that's unless thing, of like, injury, you're going to be sitting behind Buckner in 20. And if Buckner comes back in 20, like if, in my scenario, I put out, you know, Buckner balls out, but decides to come back for a senior year. There's not a whole lot of those, those guys like Dante Moore that want to sit two years, right? They will just say, I can, I, you know, I can pick up and go anywhere, especially with the, you know, with the transfer rules. Now I can just, I can go over here now and I can go start as a, as a, as a sophomore. I mean, shit, you can do that and get a car out of the deal, right? Right. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, you can make a lot of money doing that way. So it, as important as Dante Moore really seemed five months ago, or not even that, like two months ago, it really isn't as important. If you look at it from a wider lens, especially with CJ Carr in the mix. I think, like, I think exclusively without, because CJ Carr in the right. mix, because Dante Moore was important because after Tyler Buckner, it is a cavernous hole of what the hell are we going to do? And now that cavernous hole has been filled. We know what we're going to do. If they have to, in 2024, start a freshman CJ Carr at quarterback, I feel okay about an early enroll CJ Carr five-star quarterback older freshman too. a 19 year old. Yeah. Cause he's going to be 19 when he comes in. So I would feel better about a 19 year old CJ Carr coming in, having all of spring and then the fall to get acclimated and beat out, you know, uh, RP three and, um, and jelly and whatever he needs to do there. Um, that's why I don't, uh, but before there was CJ Carr, Dante Moore felt important because this he he felt honestly he felt like our best shot at getting a five star quarterback. Right? I I I mean all of the 24 kids are gonna be battles. And having yeah. to start over with a battle just it seemed daunting. 
and and you don't know what's going to happen with that kind of stuff. And the 23 class, I mean, all of the eggs went in Dante Moore. Are they going to sign a guy like who are they going to sign a 23 quarterback? And who is that 23 quarterback? And, um, you know, he's going to be a three star, right? They're not they're not signing a four star quarterback in 2023. I mean, you got to talk a guy into it now because they because they see they see what's what's there now. They see what's behind, coming behind them now. You know, if it would have been easier to just to get that three-star quarterback without CJ Carr, now it's now it's a, how do you sell that? You know, <laughs> I mean, really, how do you recruit recruit that? Uh, think think about where we were two months ago. You know, where it was. You're right. There was the Dante Moore basket. Brendan saying, "There's no way in hell we're getting no CJ way. Carr." Julian saying, "Is our best hope," and saying is a was it going to be a battle? Like oh a my big gosh, that's going to be a battle. Yeah. battle. And so it really, you know, the, the whole Dante Moore thing really felt like that had to get done. That had to get wrapped up, you know, by, you know, by many people considered him to be a silent commitment. Take, take that for whatever it's worth, for whatever it's worth. Um, and <laughs> if you're Brendan, yeah, it's not worth uh, a pot you piss in, but, for whatever it's worth, a lot of people considered him that he, you know, said, Hey, I'm coming. There's a lot of signs that point that he was a quote unquote silent commitment, but doesn't really matter. Right. You're taking visits, you're looking around, you're doing those things. And that got Notre Dame fans fucking tensed up, tensed up. And the entire time you're hearing from recruiting reporters that Notre Dame isn't worried. They're not worried. They're not worried. And that's fine. But You've seen this script before, and it's not usually a good one. Um, so once things start, I mean, Steve Wiltfong was the first one to put in a crystal ball for Notre Dame and C.J. Carr, and that was uh, about two months ago. And that seemed, I mean, for me, that was a big eye-opener. Like, Wiltfong usually would hold that back unless he knew something. And Brandon still didn't want to believe it. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> And then, you know, more and more of the news came in and, you know, Lloyd put his crystal ball in. We all knew. We all knew what was happening here. And it was a little bit amazing. You know, he he goes on his visit to Notre Dame and then right after that says he's going to have a he's going to make a commitment uh, announcement. Like that's, you knew that's that, what I knew. Yeah, that's but when you're like, here we go. Uh, OK. All right. All right. So this is really ha- this is real. This is really happening, huh? It just. It, and part of the thing too is, um, yeah, we, it's, it's a little, the, the Dante Moore thing was very, very reminiscent of, um, the Shipley deal because they put all of their eggs into the Shipley basket and they put right. all of their, just like Dante Moore, they put all of their eggs, but the difference between putting your, all of your eggs into a quarterback basket and putting all of your eggs into a running back basket is there are immeasurably more running backs out there than there are quarterbacks of, of that sort of caliber where Notre Dame ends up lucking into getting, um, you know, digs and estime and they're able to combo that those two into, to, you know, basically being the sum of a, of a Shipley signing, but you can't do that Which with I- a quarterback. No. Because I mean, we talked about that before, right? Like I, I have I have said many times that I was thrilled with 
in the end of how the Shipley thing ended. Like, yeah, I understand Will Shipley's a, a, a really good back, and everyone wanted him and that a lot. But the way it worked out, I was thrilled with getting the combo of Diggs and Estime. Like that, right? That to me that worked out just fine because I I have a lot of faith <laughs> in Audrey Estime. Yeah. Uh, the whole Logan Diggs. We'll have to save that for another podcast yeah. soon. Yeah. But like the whole Logan Diggs thing for people like now, all of a sudden, he's not as good as what they say. Just because, just because he, he tweet or put a tweet out or whatever with an old recruiting thing from USC. Who gives a shit? But anyways, I was thrilled with, with how that happened. I thought, well, if you're not getting that, you got these. That's how it's supposed to work. That's fine. Quarterback does work a lot differently than that, though. There's it's, only one person that's there's only one quarterback. Yes. And there's only one quarterback in like two year stretches where running backs like the way that running backs go. You have you know, two, three running backs. It, it is it, it, it all levels of the game. So there's there's more. There's a greater pool for that you to choose from from running backs and you can make up running back. um running back recruiting misses. You can't make up quarterback recruiting misses because if you miss out on the guy, the five-star guy, Dante Moore in like for the 2023 class, I mean, it is, it, it is, there's, there's nothing there. Right. Well, so, it, the, the thing is, I mean, you can miss, but you can't do it to you. Like they didn't get that level of quarterback in the 2022 class. So if you would have, then this whole thing about, the 2023 because really, look, you're not holding on to these guys, right? Ask Ohio state. All right. You're not holding on to all these. Everyone's like, you got to get a five-star quarterback every year. And well, I don't disagree with that. Like that's ideal because that means that you're going to have one no matter what, but still you still have to look at it. Like when you miss out on a guy, like that guy is not the end of the world. And they're like, well, all these elite program. Well, okay. Well, LSU got theirs in a transfer, Joe Burrow, Georgia, just doing it. Because they're dogs. <laughs> with their walk-on, yeah. With their walk-on. I mean, and then Bama is Bama. And yeah, I'll just do the Bama is Bama excuse because that's that's a real that's but a real for, reason. For how many years did Bama win national titles right. with just like schlub quarterbacks? Because their ros- the sum of their roster didn't require them to have a transcendent quarterback. Because, you know, when you're – and that's how Georgia did it. Because when you have, you know – two dozen five stars on your roster, you don't need you. The, the need for having a game changer at the quarterback position isn't as great because in George's case, they could be like, yeah, well uh, every level of our defense has two to three, five stars on it. So, Oh, right. well. I mean, look, the thing, like look at your national champions is kind of what I was do- going there. And the one I didn't mention was Clemson, you know, Hey, Lawrence only won one title. Yeah. And he did that as a freshman and it really with. wasn't with like one of the best defensive lines we've ever seen with four defensive. five-star defensive linemen on the <laughs> roster. Right. And, or, right, right. And one of them was a backup, you know, their rotation. Right. Was, yeah. So it was like, a, it was like Georgia light on defense yeah. and then, and a better, and the better quarterback. Which were, I mean, it was just, you got to get talent everywhere regardless but you don't have to live and die off of the five-star thing. And people like just, just, you know, wanting to jump off a cliff because you're not getting one every year. You have to get one every year. Like, do you though? Cause these guys are Bolton, 
Like if they're not right. playing with after their freshman year, they are fucking leaving. Well, and so to that end, though, you can do it, but then you need to get the transfer, quote unquote, five star, like a Cam Newton or right. Joe Burrow. But Notre Dame isn't getting those guys, right? They're not getting the transfer five star guy. Yet, yeah, 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 yeah. We I got, guess. I mean, we, we don't. I mean, Jack. We don't Cohen know what. Was, to, we don't know. I mean, Jack, Jack Cohen was Cohen. an earned five star. <laughs> Jack Cohen was an earned four star. Earned five star. <laughs> it was uh, Jack Cohen didn't lose us the uh, Fiesta Bowl. Um, no, no, no. I don't think he did. Uh, though I would no, like to have seen Tyler Buckner in the second half when yes. things weren't yeah. moving offensively. We're, we're, but, we're, we're getting a first down. <laughs> yeah, when we weren't getting a first down, maybe maybe <laughs> maybe getting some things. I mean, he did throw for what six thousand yards in the game. Yeah, uh, I guess the whole point is like go go after get these guys. Uh, as much as you can, but as long as you're getting, let's just say you're, if you're getting one every other class, you're good. Right. It doesn't have to be every class, but Notre Dame had to start somewhere and we're still not starting in the 2023 cycle as it would seem. I mean, really though, I mean, Tyler Buckner, although not a five-star quarterback, he could have been, I mean, who knows, right? If he, he would have played his, if he would have had a yes. senior season, he could have been like, I think, I think he got up to it some at one point before you know his junior season. Um, you know, did, did, didn't we have a? Did, we had a series of tweets. The key, he, he, he made some pictures. Yeah, he had I made a some fist star. He had a fist star. Yeah, if he would have played his, they were just waiting because of the talent that he played against um, at the time was not was, was right. not a very he high moved level. Up to a high school that he had was going to San talent. Diego. To take what? Was that Helix in San Diego? Yeah, Helix. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was, so we were all we were all set, ready, and prepared for him to have another great season with Helix and at a bigger level, which would have boosted him back to a five star. So in many ways, Tyler Buckner is a five star quarterback. Look, he did just fine as a freshman. Not just not like. I don't even know how to describe. It. He did. He did fine, and which is what you know. If he was a, if he had a fifth star or not, what he did was pretty much what you expect from a freshman, right? That's not Trevor Lawrence. So and he's that's a kid that was um, limited reps, right? Because they needed to get Cone ready to go. Right. Um, didn't have a senior season. Was injured uh, for a lot. I mean, it's a kid that just didn't have a lot of a lot of reps just over the last three years and you know when he came into that that virginia tech game um that showed what the good can be and it also showed what the bad can be which comes from a freshman but it just it it's one of those things where i think that as far as freshman seasons go for like getting seasoning you can't say it's anything other than successful for him Right. And so that's a long winded way of saying 2022, basically a five star quarterback for in, in many rights. You, or excuse me, in 2021, you miss out in 2022. What did they even and do? So, what was even their plan for 2022? Like, I don't even remember them being in on any quarterback rated above a four star. So I don't. 
That's was, you know, it's actually a great question, and I, so and I want to I want to get up the stat. I want to get the stats on that because I, I can't recall <clears throat> them being in uh, at this time last. You know, at this time <clears throat> last year, I don't I don't recall them being in on anyone. So in, yeah. In 2022, they had only five offers out. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I remember how all this went down. So they had five offers. First one, Ty Simpson. He, he goes to Alabama. We right. knew that was happening. Like that was, that was yeah, that was that was going to happen. Clandestine. Yeah. But then it gets a little stickier. Now it gets actually really sticky. Steve Angeli commits pretty early as a three star. Yeah. Right. And they were happy about that, and we're not in on Drew Aller from Ohio as much as they should have been. And Penn State, swoop, Penn State swoops in and makes him their their king, gets him. And then towards the end, or towards the uh, towards the end of the of the early cycle, I suppose, and in the middle of the football season, Walker Howard recruits Brian um, Kelly to LSU. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's. I mean, it wasn't a. There wasn't. Like I said, five offers, that's it. Um, but which is going to happen when, you know, if you're targeting a guy like Angeli and he commits early, you're not going to go target some more guys. But, you know, of the five guys, you know, the other one's Devin Brown uh, from Utah, uh, went to Ohio State. You know, so Ty Simpson to Bama. And then really it was, honestly, it was just all about Aller and Angeli. And you, you kind of kind of muffed the Aller um, recruitment, which was easy enough, which was for kind of a layup for James Franklin. Then right. to be honest with you. And so they so just settled, they settled on the 20, 20, it was, it was basically kind of a, kind of a subtle job but that they didn't really settle on. They just kind of like walk, they walked into and like, I mean, no disrespect at all to Steve Angeli, like not even. No, I mean, not take this as any disrespect just based off of pure rankings. Right. Um, you know, from, from that class. So, yeah, last year, it, it, I think they had the plan, but it wasn't like a – it wasn't like a – you weren't gunning. You weren't all guns in. Uh, let's put it that way, and which is a very Brian Kelly-like. So, right. It makes sense. Which, which yeah. it's kind of funny because you, you take the guy that – because Brian Kelly would take the guy that he could get instead of trying to swing for the fences. And, um, you know, I don't know if that, if that's a Brian Kelly thing or a small school thing. I mean, I hate that. That's kind of, um, Harry, he stands angle as well. He, he'd rather just get the kids than to, to risk it and not, and, and to go into well, a big recruiting he stands battle. A little different in this. He, he stands a little different in the sense that he, uh, they're guys that he wants to. I mean, they're these literally guys that they want. Right, 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 right. But, but if I you mean, go back, I mean, you go back to the 2021 want... cycle. Uh, 2021 cycle, you have another situation too, where you had, you know, that was when we got Buckner. There went who else? Was Preston Stone, who went to SMU. Gavin Wimsat, who went to Rutgers, and I believe he reclassified. Buckner was the highest of all of them, though. They got the guy they wanted. Yeah, they got the guy they wanted, and then you got the – and there was only five offers out there. I mean, he committed early, and then you you picked up Paulus on signing day. Yeah. Um, I just, it's just like they don't – they were not very big nets 
at quarterback. Um, 2020 was kind of the same Yeah. Well, yeah, it was just just Drew Pine, literally. That was the only thing, yeah. They didn't even bother to recruit. They just fell asleep at the wheel (laughs) recruiting the position. I mean, that's – God, I'm going back to 2019 now. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So 2019, they had they did have nine quarterbacks that they offered in 2019. Graham Mertz and was the loss, right? Spencer Rattler. Graham Mertz was the, was the loss of, yeah. of the class. Uh, Cade McNamara was committed to Notre Dame, decommitted, went to Michigan, and then committed to Michigan. Um, they were in on Dylan Morris. Uh, they were in on Dylan Morris quite a bit, actually, before he committed to Washington. And then, that would have uh, been a tough get, getting him out of the state, though. Brendan Clark was the, was the win, which three-star quarterback, and I know that had everybody down. I actually had a lot uh, of faith in Brendan Clark. Yeah. Um, just, I like, I like him. You know, he's not going to be He's not going to go and win you a Super Bowl, but I like the kid a lot. Um, I'm excited for his I'll career. You, at, uh, I'll tell you at what, ODU. though, that 19 class and the offers they had out there. Um, I mean, Bo Nix, woof. Spencer Rattler, woof. Graham Mertz, woof. Cade McNamara, woof. Uh, they might have lucked out by missing on all those jo- guys. John Reese Plumley. Yeah, just, uh, well, there's, yeah. Paul Tyson, who I believe is the grandson of uh, the bear, right? Is he? Oh, yeah. I think I think he's Bear Bryant's grandson. That Paul Tyson. He's he's from Alabama. Yeah, I'm sure. Why even offer him? I'm sure you're getting him. Well, they offered the grandson of Lloyd Carr. And they got him. <laughs> of Lloyd Carr. <laughs> I mean, a half national championship to how how many Bear had, but uh, still. Same same level of uh, yeah. co- committed at conception, uh, for the most part. Yeah, it's just it's it's been a very unimpressive run uh, run of offers and guys that you're in on. Um, so it it has been very exciting for Notre Dame fans. Even you know the, even the whole Dante Moore situation. Like, look, if it wasn't for NIL, straight up, let's just be honest. If it wasn't for NIL. Dante Moore would have been committed to Notre Dame two months ago, three months I ago. Will, I will go a step further, and I will say if it wasn't for the University of Tennessee, and they fucked us over, so we fucked them over uh, for baseball because, <laughs> you know, when they put out that – so the way that the Dante Moore thing – because I will take to my grave that when Nico committed to Tennessee for $8 million, which they wildly reported – he committed on the 21st of March at $8 million, right? And I owe money, cash up front. And Dante Moore the next weekend. So that weekend, he commits for eight, Nico commits for $8 million to Tennessee. And the next weekend was going to be the weekend that Dante Moore was going to come to Notre Dame. And for all, from everything that we heard, 
Dante Moore was coming to commit, like film a video and commit that weekend. And then an $8 million offer gets put out and the, um, the market value for a quarterback is then set at $8 million for a guy. So before you clutch your, before you clutch your pearls out there, just think about what $8 million would do for your life. Oh my gosh. It would transform in your family's life, depending on your family situation. Like, let's say, you know, you're in a rough spot in, in your home life and like you're, you live in paycheck to paycheck if you're a kid and there's $8 million that will take your family, buy them a house and set them up to be like comfortable and not have to worry about things like that. Even, million, just, and even if you are comfortable, like if you were living a comfortable life, like I am not, I just, I just spent the first five minutes of this podcast telling you about my problems. That is not what a comfortable person does. But <laughs> even if I was comfortable, $8 million is still $8 million fucking dollars, man. That is that, that gets you retiring earlier. You're not paying you, mortgage at the bare you, minimum. You're buying a nice house and you're not paying a mortgage, right? You are paying property tax and that is it. You can't you are, fault any kid. You cannot fault any no. kid ever for, for basically Saying, hey. setting themselves and more importantly right. for setting their families up in a position where they can be financial, financially comfortable, especially in the short term like that, like immediately. Right. No, it's it would be and that's just That's just the world we're living in right now. Right. Which is right. so stop clutching your pearls and, and yeah. don't think of don't think of you know like Dante and his family or like, there's not bad people. It's just like who the fuck is turning down that money? No. Honestly, like, the kids aren't honest, the, honest, the bad it, the, who's bad in this situation is and not to kind of see for overpaying no numbers, for it. We're not making any, any accusations. We're no. just saying if there is money being thrown around, I have a complete understand. I understand why they would take it. Obviously, right. right. And, and, and if you're him, bad people. and God. if you're in that position, you you have to do that. You have to do your due diligence and you have to maximize the value when you can, and put it's yourself either. at a program that can get you to the next level. So then, uh, ultimately, you can make. More than that, because the eight million dollars is like, I mean, when, when and I only think it highlights. I mean, I only think it highlights my point was that Dante Moore was all Notre Dame, it's, yeah. Until that money got thrown around and changed, and everything. so it's just, yeah, it changes everybody. Like he's still not committed anywhere. No. So and I mean, he was going to. And, he and said he and wanted he's still to still talking to Notre Dame. Yeah, he's still talking to Notre Dame. Was still talking to Notre Dame and still like saying all the right things. It wasn't like he was leading them on, like. It's a really an internal struggle. Like this is really where I want to go, and Marcus Freeman is really who I want to play for. On one hand, on the other hand, is sacks of cash. Right. What's best and, for my family? And that's if that's actually a dilemma for you, then that's a dilemma. That like, means like you really want it. Like you take the sacks of cash out of it, he's there. So it is what it is in this nil world. CJ Carr, like Arch Manning, these guys are cut from different cloths. Right. Like, well, they're in, in a they're in a different sense, position. Like, yeah. Right. Their families are not just financially different, but like they've been, been around this block many times before. So, so there is a there is a different perspective going into it than than you know than a Dante Moore or or Braylon James or whoever you know the, these guys. It it is a a pro style recruitment um, going on there. So it's it's a whole different whole different ball game. 
So, but this is where we're at. We got CJ Carr. Fucking, that's rocking awesome. Michigan boards are just like, just crying. And that is just so, so nice. Um, Carr's going to help with 2023 recruiting and 2024 recruiting. That's it, without question. Notre Dame's got, uh, had officials this weekend. Um, by all accounts, those went pretty well. Carr was, uh, on, uh, Carr was on campus as well, recruiting uh, the guys who were there as well. Yeah. So things Alpha. are things are going good. I mean, we're I get a lot. We're going to need a lot of good news before we head down to Columbus, and we have a, still have a lot of time to talk about that. And I'm I'm re- almost ready to start, almost ready to start leaning towards Brendan's optimism uh, on that end. So almost, almost, not quite there yet. Notre Dame will not be starting a your backup. They will not be starting uh, Audric Estime at uh, cornerback, right? So they're Nobody already in a, Notre Dame's already in a better position than Utah was. Nobody could be the starting tailback. Actually, no. The better, be. the better, the better, the <laughs> better analogy would be um, Notre Dame is not starting. Um, you know, yeah, they're, they're not starting a, a, a you know a running back at, at cornerback to cover uh, Ohio State wide receivers. So so they're right. they're doing good there. They're doing just fine. You know who else is doing just fine? People that are subscribed to the Big New Saturday season four on home field. They're doing it again. It, they are they are coming with it, and I am impressed. Uh, the Arkansas one, I was not. I mean, I'm just. There's nothing about Arkansas that really thrills me, even though I do love hogs. Uh, but I'm right now I'm rocking my Arizona State fear the fork um, shirt. And I, I mean, Herm Edwards should probably fear the NCAA at this point. Uh, <laughs> uh, there was there's a scathing uh, review of Herm Edwards and Athlon that, uh, that I retweeted out. That was funny as hell. Uh, but uh, where are we at right now? I think we had Clemson t- and those Clemson, Clemson shirts, by the way. Good. It might be the best. It might be the best collection they've done of a major program. They're good. They're very, Jesus. It, They're it really, really, really good. That tiger really. is uh, in the what? I don't. I don't know what the food one is. The fifty three or whatever. Um, but they but love it, it. But that's like that's a strong. That's a strong fan that's base. That's one thing. that I would be able to buy and wear and not feel ashamed at at repping another school's well, major see. schools. NC State had one. They did the the ice cream, the, yeah. da- the dairy thing for NC State, which, by the way, is my undershirt for that I wear underneath my uh, my little league jersey <laughs> coaching, as I always wear my NC State uh, whatever creamery shirt uh, <laughs> underneath that. So it's good luck, unless there's a, a, a Mike Tyson punch out in the dugout. Uh, but yeah, the Clemson collection is fucking uh, it's, incredible. It's and, and TCU I will say this week, and you're gonna, get, you're finally gonna get your purple shirt, another purple shirt this week with the TCU, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You I were hoping the Clemson would get you the purple. Thought maybe I, I, I like, like there's, I got a lot of yellow shirts right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of, a lot of yellow shirts. More, I've probably never owned a yellow shirt, t-shirt before, before Homefield uh, started hitting. Uh, but Homefield also they did a little twit, a little tweak to their deal right now. Um, if you haven't noticed, um, they put they started putting the home field logo patch on the arm, which is a just 
from a business move, smart as hell. Because that lets people know what you have. It's like like Homage does with the H on their shirts or the yeah. Mitten State does with their shirts. You know where that shirt – like you don't have to go talk to the person. You see the shirt, think, man, that's a dope-ass shirt. Where can I get that? And you're shy. You don't want to ask them. Now you can see it on the sleeves. Um, my Arizona baseball shirt, which is awesome, uh, is like that. And now they have kind of like a more reinforced collar back there too as well. They kind of did, they did, they did a little tweak to their to their soft-ass – uh, t-shirt. So looks great. The Clemson collection looks great. I'm excited to see what they got for TCU. Um, you can still jump on that big new Saturday. It's $20 a t-shirt, uh, t-shirt each week. They have a special shirt. You get two passes. Uh, once you get five, you can cancel if you want to. Um, but why would you want to, I mean, all if you're a Notre Dame fan, like all the, like the major red flags are gone. Michigan's gone. Miami's gone. Florida state's gone. Um, USC's gone. Uh, or, you know, or, what I mean, but they're done. So I don't, I have no problem wearing a Clemson shirt, especially that one <laughs> that they're, that they put out uh, for us. Cause that is incredible. Um, but Hey, maybe you're not into wearing, maybe you're not into having a dresser full of uh, 60 different school t-shirts. I am, but that's me. If you're just wanting some great Notre Dame gear, they got it over there. Um, look, the, there may be no better shirt on this home field website than the Clashmore Mike t-shirt. Um, it's one of their best sellers. It is absolutely fantastic. If you use the code one foot, say 15% off your first order. Um, the whole Notre Dame collection is, is, is really good. Um, and look, they're always doing refreshes. So you're going to get some, you know, get some different stuff. We got the basketball shirt uh, for the tournament time. We got a baseball shirt for um, the other day here before we go to Omaha. Can't argue with the magic on the baseball shirt. No, no. Can't argue with that magic. Magic came through. Yes. So check it out. Home field. One foot for 15% off on your first order. Just, I'm telling you, have some fun. Yeah, go ahead and sign up for that uh, that season four. $20 a shirt, $5 for shipping. Gets to your house. Uh, shipping has been <laughs> – the shipping delays are real. Uh, it used to be they announced it. They showed it Friday, and I would have it here like sometimes Monday, sometimes Tuesday. Now it's now it's been more Wednesday-ish uh, getting here. But either way, doesn't matter. I see it. I get it in less than a week, uh, and they're fantastic. So. Homefield Apparel, homefieldapparel.com. Speaking of home field magic, you want to get into the home field magic? Because uh, <laughs> home field put out two baseball tees for the college uh, college World Series. Um, Tennessee got one. It had Vol script on the front. Did they get any magic? Well, they did game two. Um, but what about game two? A lot three? of magic no. in game two. What about game one and three? All. They might have wasted all of their home field matching in game two. Uh, that's why that game one win was so fucking key. That's man. why it was so important. Yeah. God, it's getting so- well when you're playing a team like that. Um, you know, you gotta you gotta take the first game because the second game, you know, you avoid the sweep and you you basically ensure that you get a third third game and then in the third game anything can happen even if you have to bring in your um true freshman pitcher right oh well i mean all american true freshman pitcher jack finley jack finley for heisman his entire family's loving me right now because i can't stop tweeting jack finley for heisman 
Uh, even though I think I, the first, my first tweet was Jack Finley for, <laughs> for Heisman. <laughs> Someone graciously, uh, corrected, corrected me, <laughs> but yeah, Notre Dame on their way to Omaha, uh, taking two out of three games against Tennessee on Tennessee's, um, in, in uh, Lindsey Nelson stadium. Dude, heralded as the best heralded as the, one of the greatest, uh, college baseball teams of all time. You know, I call bull. I call bullshit. That, well, that, here's what I would say. They don't hold a candle to Stark Vegas. I, it's not even close. Here's, here's what I would say about it though. Um, from, from what they're saying, they have like three, three guys that are going to be minimum three guys drafted in the, the top 15 of the MLB draft. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So from a talent standpoint, um, it's one of the most talented teams ever. It's uh, this team. I, I don't, I don't know how to describe them. They literally had the best ERA in college yeah. baseball. They hit the most home runs in college yep. baseball. They had a in 56, the best conference. And se- 56 and seven record. They the outscored their opponent. Yep. They outscored their opponents 561 to 160. They were the number one overall seed, and it wasn't even fucking close. No, which I saw today that it is now the 22nd year running that the number one overall yes. seed has not yes. won the College World Series, which is wild. Like, that, which that's is, absolutely wild. Which, like, if you love March Madness, fall, I mean, fall in love with the NCAA baseball tournament because it is wild outside of stupid ass rain delays. I mean, did Texas and ECU ever finish? Cause that's Notre Dame's next opponent. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I know that they were, they were under a rain delay at the time, but dude, this series was insane. So oh, Tar- Tarp is coming off an hour ago. ECU, Texas. Not it was a series of five, but <laughs> right. This is sort of college baseball in, in a nut, in a this nutshell. series was college baseball in a nutshell. It was a series of bombs, right? It was about teams hitting bombs. Um, the first game, Notre Dame, second game, uh, Tennessee, and then today, uh, Notre Dame, right? Yeah, I mean, back to back homers puts you up four to three. Now, against a team like Tennessee, being up four to three is still like being like down two runs, right? Uh, but you know, they went out there, got up some insurance runs and it, it just didn't stop. Jack Finley on the mound to, to finish it off was just incredible. The stuff he threw what's fu- what's funny and, and terrible is so with one out in the, in the ninth, uh, I run into the kitchen cause I I've been watching this game, like a stressed out little league coach, this, this, this whole, uh, tournament. Uh, since the ACC tournament, really. And uh, I run out there real quick and, and start putting together a sandwich with one out. All of a sudden, I hear my son yell out, let's go. And I'm like, fuck. And I run out there. We were just we had an insane moment out there. They, I missed the double play. But just like you just wanted it so much. Just the whole thing with Tennessee. And look, I'm the guy that. I fucking love what Tennessee does. I do not 
villain. I do not think that is shitty. I fucking love it. I you love, love you they, love a good villain. You love a good villain. I I love a good villain. I and they wear it well. Like they do it the, the right way. They because they are nasty with it. Like like there is nothing that they do that I look at and be like, oh, that shouldn't be allowed. No, fuck it. If it's legal, it's legal. And they they push the lines. They I love what Tennessee does. They're fans too, because Ashton Ashton said that they threw mustard again. <laughs> they, yes, they did. They, they, well, Kiff, said that, Kiffin tweeted out some stuff about uh, what? No golf balls or or something about right, like right? Because so, he caught that golf ball. Yeah, but just to do that on that field in front of those fans against that team, and you're dancing and piling on out there it was just the glove toss oh, at the end. Dude, Jazz Ziska, the the mustaches were fantastic. Um, you know, and Jarrett Jarrett said it after the game, like incredible. Like they were not even on point. Like they had some massive base running mistakes today. Uh, one of which was the one, you know, when they're getting the insurance run, Ziska gets that uh, that hit the knock in that last run, and then gets caught in a rundown. You know, the, the, those are the little things that could bite you in the ass uh, against the the best team in baseball yeah. far none. And they still got the win. I mean, it was just, Oh my God. It was incredible. It was just absolutely incredible. Um, <laughs> dude, the, the, I can't even remember the pitcher's name from Tennessee, dude, the fucking hair and mustache. Like that's a team that you expect to go to Omaha is, was that collection of players and every oh, guy yeah. that came up to every guy that came up to bat, I was petrified was going to send that ball yard. I mean, those guys were are legit good, and Notre Dame just found a way. They found a way in game one, game two. They just they just saved it all for game three, <laughs> and, and and did the thing, man. It was, something about those uniforms that I don't that I don't like yet they're winning at them. The oh the I'm not I'm not a fan of the the all blues. Of, well, it's like it's you not, mean the um, it's not 2014 anymore. It's yeah, the I, I 2014 Shamrock, Shamrock series in in Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not a big fan of those. The best uh, the best comparison I think I can make is it, it was like the 2003 Marlins beating the Yankees in the World Series, right? Because the Yankees had that like super roster yes. Giambi and Soriano, Ventura, Matsui. That was back when uh, Dontrell Willis was still Dontrell Willis. Dontrell Willis was still Dontrell. Before uh, he came to skinny, Detroit. Skinny Miggy. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Tigers won a World Series just when they were with Florida. Yeah, when they were with Florida. So, yeah, the best – because, I mean, that Yankees team was expected to just just roll. And, yeah, I mean, Pudge was the – you know, you had Pudge and uh, Skinny Miggy and Josh Beckett. It um, – it was a it, it was a, it was a game it was not expected. I mean nobody expected Notre Dame. I didn't expect Notre Dame. I was just and I was when they won the first game I was just like, well, at least I get to see two more. Look, it's the it's the ultimate fuck you. You know, they they screwed Notre Dame out of uh, being a super regional host last year um and and then forced Notre Dame to go to Stark Vegas, which is just I have nothing but mad respect for Mississippi State. It's a baseball program and their fans. That place is insane. That's yeah. why I'm like, Knoxville doesn't hold a candle to that place. They're not even close. Uh, but, you know, they got screwed out of hosting Super Regional last year. They should. They were that good last year. They should have. And they should have, honestly, they they screwed themselves 
against Mississippi State. They could have won that series and gone to Omaha then. And then this year, getting hosed out of hosting a, a regional, getting sent down to fucking to Statesboro with, with Georgia Southern as, right. as the host. Yeah. I mean, you know, a, a tough Texas Tech team who finished second in the Big 12. Uh, Oklahoma had a big day today, by the way. But, you know, it's just like – and the broadcast reflected that. I had been so – I was so pissed watching the Statesboro Regional, and it was just – especially that Georgia Southern game. It was just nonstop, like, sucking ass on the NCAA's ass <laughs> about this was the – you know, Georgia Southern deserved this, and no one was really giving – you know, they didn't really want to say their name got fucked until, like, the very end there when uh, they're the, playing Texas They won the damn thing. Yeah. And so, and then what's their reward? So they get ho- they get hosed out of hosting a regional, and then their reward for for giving the two middle fingers up would be to go to Knoxville to face the most dominant team in college baseball this year. Yeah, that, that's like the it's like just go to die is what they were telling Notre Dame. Go down there to die, and they did not. They fucking battled. They did the thing. Uh, is absolutely amazing. Notre Dame's going to the College World Series for the first time since 2002. Oof. I mean, it would be the very definition of home field magic because it's the 2002 Irish script. Yeah. They need to break those uniforms out. That's Those are slick. Well, I think they're probably going to have to end up wearing the, uh, the uh, Indianapolis... Uh, Shamrock series unis some more though, right? <laughs> Much to well, your no, chagrin, I mean, mine and your chagrin. Because they lost yeah, in the I greens. Mean, yeah, they did lose in the greens. Yeah, I just how is that still how how is that still still on there? Is that, I, I I guarantee Basketball if I go to the on message page those too. Yeah, I guarantee if I go to the on message page for Notre Dame, that is not part of their branding um thing. Not to say that it can't be on there, but it's not like a major Part of their branding is that dome floor design. I'm sure there's people out there who love it and are screaming at me right now, but it's just, it is not 2014 anymore. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> Everett Golson isn't walking through that door. Here's uh, Cam McDaniel. <laughs> so, I mean, this, I mean, honestly, I am super stoked. This has just fucking been awesome. Um, was I was living and dying last year, uh, trying to will them to to Omaha, didn't happen again. Mississippi State, who ended up winning the, the national championship uh, last year, you know, to do this, and now you go in and you're positioned as the number one seed going into Omaha. Is that right? Or they re? Remember that? Did they reseed? I'm not no, sure. No, no, we already know because it's we'll play the winner of uh, ECU and Texas first. Yeah, so uh, the dream is alive. The, the dream, dream is alive. You knocked um, out the biggest, baddest out oh, they there. Beat, they beat the big bully, yeah. They did everybody a favor. And listen, you know that you are hated. Hated. Well, but the entire SEC has got Notre Dame's back. Like, they don't back people outside. They, like, that's backing someone outside the family. Family, and it wasn't actually. it wasn't just it wasn't just Vandy fans. I had Georgia fans, Arkansas fans, Florida fans, 
I all around LSU fans excited that Notre Dame beat Tennessee. Like they wanted them to die. That's how much. That's how awesome they are as villains. And like, Bama football doesn't doesn't even get that kind of hatred from the, what's from funny, the, rest of the conference. What's funny is it's almost like a, a 1980 miracle situation where like. Notre Dame, everybody remembers that the, the United States beat the Soviet Union in 1980, but nobody remembers. Do you remember who they beat the gold medal game? Because that wasn't even the gold medal game. No, <laughs> you're right. Nobody uh, remembers what, that was, they beat. It was Finland. Finland. I was going to say Sweden, but. Uh, uh, I think I mean, Sweden played uh, uh, the Soviet Union in the bronze game. <laughs> that's Right. It wasn't even the gold medal game. You're right. Nobody remembers that it was even the gold medal game. And it it was very miracle. Um, (laughs) Nobody, you know, you you beat the best team. Um, There's no reason Notre Dame can't win this damn thing. If you beat Tennessee, there is no reason Notre Dame can't win this damn thing. they They have the arms. Like, look, stop. You don't have to compare us to Tennessee anymore. Like, it's they're they're gone. Yeah. Like. Tennessee's unreal. Like they, they were absolutely unreal. They were absolutely stacked. They couldn't get it done. Notre Dame, Notre Dame won, but Notre Dame has the arms to do it. And they have, they have the bats. They got the coach, man. Leak Jarrett has been absolutely incredible. Like they're the only reason. No, he's been biggest, awful. Josh, he's been awful. And they've won in spite of him in Florida. Leak state Jarrett, should look out his, his players hate him. <laughs> Like he should be out of baseball, but he might as well just rot in South Bend. He can just stay in uh, South Bend, and they won in spite yeah. of him. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, man, Link Jarrett since his arrival, like oh, we saw it in 2020. In 2020, before COVID hit and canceled the season, they were tops in the ACC, went, right? Notre Dame went down to North Carolina, swept North a, a really good North Carolina team, swept them. They were on the bus waiting to get into Louisville when they canceled the season. And at that point, Notre Dame was rolling about to face a really good Louisville team. And there was confidence, a ton of confidence going into that. So right off the jump, Jarrett changed the whole complexion of Notre Dame, which under Aoki, dude, it just, it just went downhill. And then we saw it in 2021, yeah, a lot of, a lot of big hits, a lot of big games, won, a lot of like, they just kept winning series. Like they did, they were not losing ACC series. Um, I thought, you know, I, I, I thought the loss of Cavadas, who, who could have came back for another year this year, uh, might was going to be maybe a bit too much for Notre Dame to handle, um, to lose all that power, you know, for another year. Uh, but look, they've, <laughs> they've done just fine uh, without him. Sure. Plenty of times uh, against Tennessee, against Tennessee this last series, like I thought of Diego Cavadas, like, yeah. Man, it'd be nice to have <laughs> have that lefty up there, just park one or two. But look, Ziska's doing it, Brannigan's doing it. I mean, they they're doing just fine. They're they are they are well on their way uh, and have every opportunity in front of them um, to win a national championship in baseball. Holy shit! Could you imagine? Well, I mean, yeah, it's right there. It's right there. It's right there. I mean, <laughs> JMB set for a bounce back, right? Um, yes. It just yeah, it needs one. Everything, everything is there. Like Jack Finley is just on fire right now. It's uh, Ray, 
Reyes was uh, got got a got a maybe a little worn down, but it ended up pitching really well today. Uh, I mean, they they got the man, they got the arms, man. Uh, they they Temple, they they got some they got some guys that could do some things, and they're smart about how they they go about it. Um, hopefully, Ryan Cole's uh, leg heals up a little more. And you know, I don't I, like. You know, what do you think? I'm really excited for too in this whole this whole aspect thing as well. Like, what's that? I, I'll be honest. Like, for I'm a fair weather Notre Dame baseball fan this season, where I've caught some games, but it's not like I'm living and breathing on it. How right. excited is Billy Gorman on the site? He's pretty fucking pumped. Where he's, he's watched every single at bat, writes he writes up fantastic uh, post games for all of them and some pre games for all of them, and he's lived and died with this team all year and you know all last year too, and he's like this is this is this is his like baby time to shine baby time to right? shine right and following this team like he has um, at the site one foot down just crushing the coverage. And getting to be like, because that's one of the things where, you know, you see people. It's nice for me to like jump on the bandwagon now in like the the, the later stages of the season, but to be there from the beginning and to just follow the whole thing and then to get right. this kind of payoff, like immeasurably, and, the the amount of and, satisfaction you get. And I gotta tell you, so before this year, before this year, one foot down was really one of the only outlets out there that was covering Notre Dame on a consistent baseball, on a consistent basis. Now and then Priester in some off season questions, but Priester does it. Priester covered. I mean, a Priester covers them every game, but a lot of his write-ups were basically just message board posts. Right? Like I, I really think, I really think Notre Dame fans, you need to invest more in your, like people say, well, the, the school needs to invest more in their, um, uh, in, in the baseball program. All right. But you need to invest more in the baseball program too. show the interest because I'll tell you what, before this year, like I said, we were one of the only outlets that were consistently covering baseball. And then on three went wild. I mean, between Ashton and, and, uh, and Horka, they went nuts, uh, Tyler. And then when we're on blue and gold. It's really started to pick up quite a bit. I mean, maybe last year's run, Maybe everyone was just so apathetic after the Aoki yeah. era and then COVID. And then you saw what Jarrett did in 2021. Maybe, maybe that changed everyone's like, like, Oh, Hey, we need to pay attention. But yeah, it's been great. We've been, we've been covering baseball for a long, long time. Uh, I'm one foot down. Billy Gorman, ex- especially um, has been putting it down and it is extremely satisfying. And if, if Vox media would just pay me, uh, <laughs> Enough to make this a full-time job rather than part-time. Uh, now that they got their the, their union contract out of the way, uh, then we could really fucking blast this thing out of the out of the park. I'll use that as a as a negotiating tool as I bombard them with emails this week about why I'm still working two jobs and not just for that. <laughs> <for the, laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, dude, it's it, this is exciting as hell. Um, and, but I do want to I do want to mention too, like, look, make sure you're enjoying this, because 
as much as we as we just joked around about how terrible of a coach Link Jarrett is, he's really fucking good. And his alma mater, the place that he grew up and played baseball at, fired their head coach. And Clemson, who is all in on paying for baseball coaches, has got a spot too. I give Link Jarrett a two percent chance of returning Notre Dame next year. Straight up. That's and it's not any fair. I mean, dude, you're the the place you played for. Your your alma mater is is at, is going to more than likely ask you to come home and take and take care of the kids. So you're just about everybody out there on the planet is going to do that. Cuz Florida State is it was once a premier baseball program. Right? It just sucked because because they they kept the coaching in the same family, the Martin family, for fucking decades, and it just was not panning out for them. So they know what what it takes to get back to it, and they're seeing what happened in the South. Like, without question, it's like looking at Brian Kelly at Cincinnati. Like, if he can do it at Cincinnati, he can do it at Notre Dame. Everyone in baseball right now is looking. If Link Jarrett can do it at Notre Dame, he can do it anywhere else down here in the South. And that, so just enjoy your time. With Link Jarrett is all I'm saying. And then when he does pack up to go home, don't thank him. Yep. No, don't, don't get, get mad. mad. Don't, don't get mad at, at destiny is all. Don't get mad at fate. All right. Just thank him for giving us this gift of these two years and to like to know like we can do this. We could fucking do this. It just it does take the right hire. And you know, maybe Jack Swarbrick deserves a lot of credit. A ton of credit for uh, for what's going on right now with the baseball program, and so hopefully they got they got someone in mind because just being honest, it's going to be someone different more likely next year. So all Jack does is hire winners, though. So still waiting for a few of those to pan out. <laughs> look at look at Ivy. I love her, and I've had a crush on her for twenty years. Uh, so just waiting on that to really, really pan out. Yeah. It's hard to follow, hard to follow Muffet. Yeah. That's like, that's a hard follow. Uh, pumped Omaha bound, baby. This is fun. Well, I think we're, I think, I think we did what we've, came here to do i think so um i have a question for you go ahead um is notre dame done recruiting offensive linemen this year no they picked up two more uh since we last potted um and then if not i mean do you think that they go into the season and they still want to are they going to play footsie with freeling going into the year i don't know if i you would ask me, to, you know, just two weeks ago, I would have thought Freeling was all but all but in. Now I think he's all but out. Um, I mean, they had the I, nice. I think Chad Simmons had the nice write up for him, um, where he said nice things about Notre Dame. But so just to just to clarify, Notre Dame got two commits. They got, um, you know, Elijah Page uh, did a um, a commit. He did his commitment on the uh, Irish Players Club. And then they also got a commitment from um, Joe, Joe Odding. Odding. Yeah, Joe Odding. Yeah. Is, that, is it Odding or Odding? I don't know. It's, uh, I haven't heard it said. 
<laughs> I don't know if that's a good sign or not. Uh, big kid, though. Um, no, I don't believe they're done. I think uh, Insagua is still. Oh, right, right, right. I just kind of. <laughs> it's funny. I kind of just consider. Uh, Him part of it. I, I just consider Chucky part of it already. Yeah, it's like I think so. I, I don't believe Notre Dame's going to take six offensive linemen. Right. I just seen, especially, especially when you have Joe Alt and Blake Fisher, uh, like set in stone here for the next couple of years. Ne- at least the next two. Yeah, I mean, and you know, and then you still got still got options after that. So I just I I hesitate to. Sure, they could sign six, but I don't think they will. Um, I think Charles Jagusa is probably in, um, and Freeling's probably out. And then that's probably it. That's it. And I will say it's a, from just a star's point of view, and the fact Notre Dame is Notre Dame, a place for offensive linemen to I mean, it's one of the premier spots for offensive linemen. It is a little underwhelming just from a rankings point of view. I mean, you know, Odding I mean, was just going off of 24 seven composite <laughs> rankings. Odding's ranked uh, 547 overall. Pendleton's ranked 375 overall. Uh, Page is ranked 381 overall. But Asher's Chuck's ranked 205 all overall. Chuck's the top. I mean, he's fifty-fifth ranked, and that stacks up. A, I mean, right. about as but good as in recent. There, there was optimism early about uh, like Samson Okolona, um, you know, and then Freeling. Like say, you know, Okolona's five-star prospect. Uh, Freeling is uh, a top seventy-five. He's ranked sixty-two by the composite. So you know, Jagusa, Freeling, and Okolona. That's a what you would what you would think would be a Notre Dame type hall, uh, but look, Harry Easton is doing Harry Easton things. It's not like these guys are <laughs> these guys are not bad players. It's just not the the star excitement that you're looking for. And again, with what Notre Dame has on the roster, it's hard to it really is hard to say. Like these guys are all going to be three-year projects. And I don't mean that they're project players. I just mean like they're going to have some time to, to be coached up and to hit the weight room. And we don't know what we're going to have. If Harry, he stand thinks that that that's a great base to work with. That's great. I mean, you, but here's, here's one thing I would say. Um, if you're the 55th ranked offensive lineman uh, in the country, you are tied for, basically the the highest ranked offensive line commit that Notre Dame's had since what? Because, because Blake Fisher was the 55th ranked. So you, your top end is in line with sort of like the highest upper echelon of top end. I mean, Robert right. Hainsey was the 84th. Tommy Kramer was the 20. So the highest ranked since Tommy Kramer, Tommy Kramer was 26th. Liam Eikenberg was 80. So, I mean, just from a 
look with offensive linemen. I, I, I love looking at their recruitments because they are definitely ones <laughs> outside of Blake Fisher and Joe Alt. They're definitely ones you look at in a, in a larger time span, right? Like, like you do none of these guys, no offensive linemen, even Fisher was not expected to be a starter uh, by most people. Yeah. But you, the, the list of Rocco Spindler, Billy Shrouth, Joey Sonona, Ty Chan, Emil Wagner, big name guys, big time players that are on that roster still in 2023 young. Andrew Kristoffic is still going to be on the roster in 2023 unless he transfers out young Carmody Baker. I mean, the, the, the chance for these guys to, to be in the program and develop and, you know, developing under, um, Harry Eastand means I, I mean, I'm fine with, with all this. Like if you look at the 2024 scholarship chart, those names I just said are still that Christophe can still come back in 2024. Yeah. And you probably will. Carmody Baker, Carmody and Baker can still come back in 2024. Spindler, probably. Fisher. I mean, Fisher and all are gone. Fisher. Yeah, they're gone. Spindler might. Caleb Johnson, Billy Shrouth, Joey Tonona, who yeah. I have as Joey and, and K. I, to know. I looked through, I looked through the oh. entire Brian Kelly era. They, um, Tommy Kramer is the only kid ranked above 55 ever signed. Offensive lineman. So, I mean, you're looking at the second highest ranked offensive line recruit um, since, you know, 2010, going back that that far. So, I think it's I think that there is some some handwriting about the the lower um, the lower end of the class. But um, if things break how we think they're going to break for the recruiting class, I mean, the top end is about as good as it's been. From yeah. the top, the you know, from the mountaintop. So, yeah, which is why I would like don't get that six, unless it's Freeling. You don't get that six one if if Chagusa is yeah. Is, uh, but if Chagusa signs, if he if he signs, you I think Freeling's completely out of the mix anyway. So I don't even know why I'm bringing him up. Because he was here this week. He was he was on campus over the weekend. Yeah, but so was. So it's Caleb, Caleb Walford. Yeah, Caleb Downs. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably not going to happen either. So uh, things are, I mean, things are going well. It's recruiting has been going well. Rico Flores was on campus. Who's that? Rico was on campus. Yeah. Rico Flores was on campus. Yeah. That's uh, it's good for CJ Carr to be around for that. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's, it's, it really is pretty much all good news on the recruiting front right now. I mean, straight up. So, I mean, they are what 15 commits now in on the 2023 class. Yep. 15, 15. I keep saying over and over again, cause I believe it. I still think this class probably gets to 26, 27. Uh, maybe they more. Could, if they get to 26, they can, they seriously could make a run at number one. Yeah, I think 26. It just, I mean, it depends on who's in there. I mean, what? Like everyone's not getting Dante. On, every, not getting Dante hurts the the chance hurts. of getting number one, and but, obviously not getting Caleb Downs hurts too. But, but, but I mean, is there somebody else that could make up uh, for Dante more? Someone like Richard Young, possibly. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, he was there with Archie Manning at Alabama over the weekend. Yeah. I'm just saying that there's there's still some pretty not pretty there's some great players uh, <laughs> that Notre Dame is still recruiting and is still going to get co- some commitments from. Um, we'll see. So we'll see how that goes. And, you know, and the number one spot might just end up being, you know, it's who goes where towards the end. Right. It'll probably be um, Texas A&M yeah. or Georgia, Alabama, but <laughs> you know, like Notre Dame's class right now, like Keaquili, pretty solid, pretty solid. Like your top two guys, Peyton Bowen, not has not been as solid. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, there's there's still some getting a kid like know, Christian Gray, who's a top hundred player in a cornerback, would be pretty yeah. big. It shut uh, uh, Greg up about his uh, Mickens hate. <laughs> holding on to Bubakar Treyhour, who that would be did an unofficial visit to Boston College, a team that he decommitted to commit to Notre Dame. Um, he's, you know, he's a top 125 prospect. That's important to hold on to him. Uh, maybe, I don't know, like Brendan Vernon keeps falling down the rankings and I'm pissed about it. Um, let him play, let him play the season, right? Yeah. I, I do want to see this another year. Let's see what happens. Cause Vernon dominated last year. I, he's fucking gonna be killing it again. Jason Moore would be a pretty big one. Top 50, 50, 52, yeah. 50, something like that. That'd be, yeah, a, there's that'd still, be a nice get. Yeah, there's still, I mean, there's still all sorts of good, good stuff out there. Um, and again, I'm not living and dying off the number one class. That was, a, that's kind of something like we're number one and that's, we're, we're number one by kind of a bit right now. Yeah. Well, but Alabama hasn't started signing kids yet and Georgia hasn't really signed any kids yet. Right. So as long as we're finishing in that five spot, which we're starting to, I mean, the more commitments you're getting, the the you're strengthening that you're not strengthening your spot, but your you know your totals going up, and you look at those totals uh, to what the historically over the last you know six seven years of what the top five class looks like, you're starting to look like that, right? And that's important because there's a huge difference between four and eight. Yes, and it, there's a bigger there's difference. even big, there's even a big difference between eight and ten to be honest. Yes, yes. I mean, Alabama so, signed four kids so far, and they have the 36th ranked class. Texas A&M has signed five kids, and they have the 35th ranked class. I do not believe that either one of those schools finished at 35 in the 30s. You know what um, I love to see? I love seeing Michigan State at 14 and Michigan at 33. Uh, 34. I like, yeah, 34. I like spots. seeing that as well. And Michigan not – if you look at their heat index on the players they're recruiting, that's what gets you for Michigan. Is like you look at Texas A&M and Texas – in Alabama, and they don't have a lot of commits just like Michigan doesn't. But if you look at them, their heat index on these players is like warm for all these top-ranked players. And then you go – you click on Michigan's and you look at them, and it's like everybody's cool. And that's why they're yeah. so scared. So, like right now I, – I just want to read off the top ten right now because it's just – it's fun. Right now, the top 10 team rankings, according to the 24-7 composite, is uh, 10 Tennessee, 9 Clemson, 8 Louisville, 7 Arkansas, 6 Ohio State, 5 Northwestern, 4 Cincinnati, 3 Penn State, 2 Texas Tech, and 1 Notre Dame. That's fun. This does not look like a... (laughs) This this is not going to look like this. Like Cincinnati's in there at 4. Texas Tech has 20 commits and three are four stars. I mean, uh, all right, guys. Yeah, Cincinnati's sitting at four right now. They have 19 commitments and only three of them 
are four stars. Their average ranking is 87.35. They're not going to be, they're not going to be sniffing the top 15 20. probably. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But they're doing great for 10. They're, hey, Cincinnati's doing great. They got themselves a four star corner today. Yeah. Um, but they're not going to nope. be up there in that, that mix. Georgia's only got eight. Yeah. SC, who's ranked 12th with seven commitments, I think on three still has them as one, which I do not recognize. Like, I, that is trash. That is, that is pro football focus, uh, big game boomer. Tier of tr- trash. Yeah. Clickbait. Trash. Yeah. That's trash. Like I like a lot of what on three does and the, the, and these things have nothing to do with, with our friends uh, over at blue and gold is, you know, it's the, it's the company thing, but their team rankings thing is trash. It's garbage for right now. Uh, but at the same time though, maybe it's not complete trash. Cause at least they're not touting up Texas tech at number two. <laughs> when we all, <laughs> when y'all know it's not going to be there, but I mean, there's a formula and the formula is a formula. But you keep adding on to some of these guys, and uh, you don't know. I mean, Nico isn't going to Alabama; he's going to Tennessee. That, right. That you know that, that's a that's a that's a change of thing, or, or or Ohio State for that matter. You know, so or Georgia for that matter, and the three schools I just mentioned are probably the three best recruiting schools in the country over the last decade. Uh, in Georgia, Ohio State, and, and Alabama. I don't think that's up for dispute. No, no. So it's just it's funny. Like Michigan State at fourteen, uh, big big commitment earlier that Jordan Hall kid had another name offer from Virginia, which is a become a more and more a Notre Dame uh, hotbed uh, down there at IMG, but uh, had a Michigan offer too, going to East Lansing. Like that's that's what I like about recruiting. I can still, I can still love losing on a kid uh, because he went somewhere that doesn't bother me as much. No. <sighs> well, that's, I think that's it. We did the thing. We did it. You got anything, you got anything left in the tank? No, man. Fuck Michigan. Uh, I enjoyed watching them uh, cry about losing the uh, the grandson of the legendary head coach, and that will. Um, make this summer all that more enjoyable. I've never been happier, more happy to be wrong about something. Hell yeah. Uh, happy anniversary to you and Christy, by the way. Thank you. 11 years. Uh, so time flies. I see she yeah, was tagged a, on, Jude, on Jude's tweet and it's it all wasn't until after I hit, it wasn't after I hit send that I wondered, I wonder if Christy would appreciate a happy anniversary motherfuckers. Uh, <laughs> we took the, uh, we took the, the children, uh, our anniversary dinner, we went downtown, we hit up uh, nights and, um, yeah, they, uh, we enjoyed, uh, seeing a bunch of, uh, sad Michigan fans sort of, uh, meander through the, the streets of Ann Arbor. <laughs> How many years again? 11. Oof. And you guys got a ways to go. Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, I mean, we started dating in 2003. So, uh, you know, we're coming up on, 20 years dating so oh yeah yeah we uh kiki and i were october of 04 married july 1st of 06 so this would be 16 years uh 
So we've actually probably weeks. we started dating our freshman freshman year, October two thousand three. So we've been dating longer. Look at that. Wow. Yeah. So we're we're starting to get, like my my wife was describing me today, uh, and I didn't realize it. And I said, "What you just described was a cranky old man." And she just looked at me and goes, "Who do you think you are?" <laughs> I'm like, well, touche. Uh, it was kind of after an argument, and she was like pointing out some. My wife doesn't really concede uh, arguments, uh, as many wives don't. It usually just takes the husband to swallow their pride and just say sorry. Uh, when you know deep fucking down inside, uh, it is not your fault. Uh, but you say sorry and you apologize and, and yada, yada, yada. And I can't remember how it happened, but she was listed off things. Like, these things have you been? And I'm like, man, you just you just listed off things. Uh, uh, describe a cranky old man. Well. <laughs> so I became a cranky old man. <laughs> so at least I have my health. Oh, shit. No, that's part of a cranky yeah. old man mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, hopefully... We won't have this long of a delay between podcasts. I see the Florida State podcast jumped on board in May, and they they uh, they beat us in our SB Nation uh, rankings. What? Yeah. Are they doing the daily uh, though? I they might be doing the daily. I don't know if people can handle us daily. I know they couldn't handle me daily. I could do it daily. Yeah, well, I think it's like the the they do like fifth like the Michigan one does like fifteen minute bites daily. I got complaints when I started doing things like that. I think I did that last year. People were like, yeah, you don't need to do that. Like, well, you don't need to listen. Uh, just make sure you download. <laughs> 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 so yeah, hopefully Jude gets back with us. We get a little sooner. Hopefully we got some commitment news coming up here soon. Yeah, I, uh, I feel this weekend the hope would be that there'd be some commitment news, right? Well, what's really gonna what's really gonna suck is is Fourth of July, right? Because recruits hate us. Oh right, and then they'll uh, they'll be uh, committing during the Fourth of July uh, while you're with your kids. So I, they did that last. Who did that last year? That son of a bitch. We were <laughs> we we. we we were up in Mackinac, and oh, it's the kid that decommitted to end up at Florida, the safety. Um, oh, uh, yeah, the he committed uh, the week before signing day. No, 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 he no, he committed in July, like on July, like on the fourth of July. And we were we were in Mackinac, and it just so happened that that uh, Keek was feeling just a little hungover. And wanted to go lay down uh, and get a nap in before we went back out. Crude article in. I went down. I went down in the lobby. Uh, Mackinac House uh, uh, is the name of the place. It was. It's a awesome uh, like bed and breakfast style place. Uh, but went down in the lobby and hunt out um, and wrote that up. Um, enjoy Michigan's finest uh, green groceries while I did it. Uh, and that was, I I used an Alabama. Uh, visit p- picture in that that a tradition uh, unlike any other. 
<laughs> Dude, I almost there's someone just about uh, Page Elijah Page. He was actually that was actually tough to find. Tough to find, and I got him in a UCLA uniform, but that was tough. He had like a whole row of tweets that he deleted, and I w- had wondered. I wonder if the word is out about what, what I'm you're doing. doing. Yeah, I wonder. I wondered, like, is the word out? Like, do these guys know better now? Um, so maybe that's just uh, tuning my own horn a little bit. But you got to think some of the people might know because that's um, they are quite now, I suppose they're very enjoyable, and a lot of people people picked up on it, and everybody loves it. I mean, it is it is something that everyone loves. I'm gonna say is if you are a if you are a recruit and you commit to Notre Dame, but you made the the gigantic mistake to go to Michigan and take pictures, you're going to get outed. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like enjoy it because way. it's not on you. It's, it's not on you. It's trolling Michigan. It's, it's like a, it's like a congratulations to you for not ruining your life. Right. Yeah. For not uh, totally busting at the, uh, the college and then eventually the professional level. Right. Right. So good on you. This, this, I'm just showing you what you left behind, which was tragedy. <laughs> and heartbreak. Yeah. And, and heart and heartbreak and a whole lot of milk. Right. Uh, whole milk exclusively. And no chicken because uh, chickens are a nervous bird. So you shouldn't drink them, which was the advice that Jim Harbaugh gave uh, Shea Patterson. Don't eat chicken. Should that a, just be like. Should that be like like the one of the bigger recruiting like, like Notre Dame should be recruited against Michigan solely off of just that alone. You like, can't eat chicken. You can't eat chicken. Think about that. Take chicken out of your diet. No thank you. Can't you. eat chicken sandwiches. Nobody's doing that. Nobody. No. 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 No high school kid is cutting out chicken patty on a bun from no. his cafeteria or swimming on his mom out of cash to go hit up Chick Fil A. Or Popeyes, or the magnificent king of it all, KFC. Chicken sandwich is good, bro. Still haven't had it yet. It's good. It's good. All right. Well, that's it for us. Uh, thanks for listening. For Jude, who's commissioning a concert somewhere, and for Brendan, thanks for listening. As always, go Irish. <laughs>